over the wand, a puff of smoke, and the magic man pulls one out of the hat. I still, still can't believe it happened. Welcome to the Marrera's Magic Podcast, where the magic happens. Oh. <laughs> He's gone with it again. I'm Selby Lassie, your host with us again, as always, Xavier Ellis. G'day, Zave. Mate, Happy great, New Year. Yeah, great to be here. I've seen you a few times uh, over the break, but, um, mate, great to be here again. I can't wait for footy season to start. The cricket, sitting there watching cricket and in the rain, it's just so frustrating. You start Sydney loving it. test all the time. I, don't, I think it... Swampy, you know, do you follow Swampy on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, I think he's he put a set up last year, like the most washed out venue in the world or something like East Sydney. Yeah, so I obviously lived in Sydney for 10 or so years. And does it, always does it just rain nonstop in summer In there? summer. So it's, it must be a bit monsoon or whatever. So you come footy season, it's beautiful, dry yeah. decks. and I don't think we played a wet weather game, but come, I bought myself a bike when I first moved over there in February. I think, here we go, welcome to Sydney. Hadn't won your cars straps. yet. Yeah. Yeah, before I won the cars, that's, that's, and it started pissing down from day one to day five. I said, nah, called my mum, send over the Magna, send it over. Oh, so, mate, it's, it is incredible. It's so frustrating. Anyway, so you say we did see each a bit, a bit of each other. So Boxing Day, you... Uh, Bucks do? We did a Bucks do for a good friend, and a mutual friend, the way we first met, yeah. actually. Jacob yeah. Brennan, young uh, ex-back pocket for... The West Coast, son of Monkey Brennan. Monkey, vice-captain of West Coast, 92-94. And which he would dealt some blows. Initially, we meant to go to the races down in Pinney. This was yeah. the 44-degree day of Boxing yeah. Day. They'd get yeah. a call from uh, Pity saying... Too hot. Too hot for the horses. Canned. canned. So we like, okay, let's get this And we just transferred him 6,000 bucks or 5,500, <laughs> which Pinney... Yeah, Straight back to us, back. brilliant. Then we had a few pub crawls planned. Next minute, Bane, Cool Cubs out, McGowan, <laughs> pubs closed. Oh, so we had to scrap, but we got there. And why I'm saying this, because we, we love... And people love a few of the things which you provide in this podcast. One of those, some people like your fantasy tips, some people don't, but they like to do... I'll tell you what, if you haven't got Zach Jones in your team, you've gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> but some love hearing a few old war stories about Clarko. And there was a time there, and I, I thought by now I've heard them all. When you're sitting there, you've got the crowd, obviously you've been organised this big bucks, you've got Jacob, his parents, and all his, their, or his dad, all their friends, big crew, and you had the crowd ready to go. You come out with a Clarko cracker, which I've never <laughs> heard before. <laughs> Yeah, do you want me to run it now? Might as well go right now. Normally we save at the end, but let's let's start it off while I get, get sorted. Well, this is a funny one, actually, and I quite enjoy it. Now, uh, my roommate at the time, uh, we're playing a game Who of... Who remains unnamed? Uh, well, Brownie was my roommate, um, but we had younger guys as well. Because we rotated a fair bit. I was injured also. I was with Brownie, but there was another guy in the room as well. But... Uh, Anyway, we're playing the Brisbane Lions down in Tassie. Um, a long way down there, freezing cold. No one knows anybody. You sit there, and I love Tassie, love Lonnie, love Hobart. You're there five or six times a year. Uh, not a lot there for five or six times a year, but fantastic. Uh, Hobart, Tassie, beautiful place. But we're sitting there, Brisbane Lions, on the Saturday or the Sunday. It might, it might have been the Sunday. Uh, so we got in on the Saturday morning. I uh, went for a bit of a kick to kick on the Oval on Old York Park there and uh, finished up. We went back to the hotel room and then you don't do anything. You just sit around and uh, the player who's, who was in the room, the phone went bing and you're like, and he said, oh, he goes, look at this, look at this. It was a text message from one of the Brisbane Lions players, uh, a younger Brisbane Lions player that said, um, g'day mate, uh, obviously in Tassie for the night. No Tinder at the time either. So Tinder essentially was looking for a Tinder and, uh, and any uh, any action numbers, or any yeah. action any action yeah, any around any us. numbers around any action around Launceston tonight? Like we're sitting here, we're all bored as well. Any numbers? And um, we came up with this idea that uh, we'd send text uh, mobile number called Ali. And so we've written back, yeah, mate. Um, 
oh, this is Ellie. She's a nice uh, girl. Lovely girl. Um, yeah, from, from the country. Some little story, but uh, give Ellie a text and see, see what she's doing. She might be up for a coffee or something like that. Anyway, as the night goes on, we check back in with this Brisbane player and uh, how, how are you going with Ellie? Uh, and the Brisbane player was a little bit coy and saying, no, I haven't, I haven't heard anything back. And we responded with, oh, she works late, so maybe just still at work, you know, phone in the um, phone box or whatever it is at work. As the night goes on, the Brisbane player starts hounding back and forth to us like, no, nope, still not getting anything. Still not, what's happening? You know, wrong number maybe. I'm like, no, nah, it's Ali. Yeah, it's you got stitches It's up. certainly Ali. You know, keep trying. And as we're sitting at dinner, we're looking at uh, Alistair Clarkson, who's sitting at the table over, and he's got his phone in front of him. Beep, beep, <laughs> phone, beep. And he keeps looking at his phone. We're just bewildered with what the messages are coming through about what all sorts of bits and pieces. He gave Alistair Clarkson's number to, to the one Brisbane of these player. So Clarko's looking at it, and Clarko's like, what are you blokes laughing at? And he's got no idea what's going on. He keeps putting his phone down and scratching his head, and bing, and looking at it again, going. I can't, I can't work out what's going on here. Anyway, we let it go, let it go. The next day, playing against the Lions, uh, this player is about to have a shot for goal early in the match. Uh, and there's about five of us on the mark. And we thought, you beauty. And the Brisbane players are uh, about to have a, have a shot at the top of the run-up, chest out, thinking they're in a bit. Brisbane were meant to be going okay at the time. And we go, oi, how'd you go with Ali? And the, the player looked up and goes, What's going on here? Hey, hey, mate, how'd you go with Ali? Ali? Ali Clarkson, you dickhead. <laughs> and you should have seen the ball. Wooshka. Out in the full. Gone. Gone out in the full. The player didn't get a kick for the rest of the day. Yeah, Been texting Clarko overnight. So that was, uh, yeah, that was that version. No, nice. Cheers, though. It's good to get some insight every now and then. It's more so about your, that's what you provide here, your footy insight. You obviously watch every game. Yeah, I do. I try. I do watch around, and you can yep. also bring in insight in terms of injuries because you've had in, every injury under the sun. So I like when, let's say, Cripps had that issue with his back last year, and they yeah. came out and said, "Oh, be wary of Cripps." And you said, "Nah, mate, I've done that before." You could you a little jabby jab, and yeah, yeah, fine. Find a needle and jam it in there. Nah, good to have you back for another year. So today we're um, we're actually going to run through a few player specifics. So I yep. mentioned last pod that. I don't like getting deep into player specifics until I review every single profile. So the profiles are done? Not or done, done enough? I'm hoping they've done enough that I can then cover the best 22. So okay. today I'm essentially going to reveal what I think are going to be the best 20, or the rolling, as Roy likes to call it, and he probably should patent it, yeah. the rolling 22 of 2022. Yeah. Richie Benno going on there. Two for 222. Uh, so run through the top six backs, so I think they're going to be eight mids, Two rucks and six forwards. Yeah, okay, I love it. Now, so you've, you've done the profiles and you're going to go through your 22. Are you giving away a bit too much uh, on this podcast? No, well, one... You've got to keep a few things up our sleeve. Yeah, so I've got to start getting a bit specific about players, even though I'm still punching out my things. But back in the day when there was a restricted number of trades, I think there used to be 25 trades for the year you had to use. Mm-hmm. Still two around, but you had to pick and choose when you got to use them. And this applies to super coach at the moment as well. So... The team build was a lot more about, okay, who's going to definitely be... Because you want to finish the season with this best 22 because yeah. they're going to score the most points at the back end and you're going to hopefully win the car. Yeah. Back when you had a limited amount of trades, you had to think, okay, who's definitely going to be the top players in this position because I'll lock them in now to save me trading them in and use my trades to then build up To work around ones. others, yep. And that was the old guns and rooks strategy where, yep, these are the best scorers, let's lock them in. Their must-have was this term used to be thrown around. Mm-hmm. Since these unlimited trades or 
two trades per week's been thrown in a couple of years ago, and the, the game has changed a bit. And this is how I've succeeded in what we're trying to preach here at Maroons Magic. Where rather than picking, you don't have to pick these best players if they're not priced well enough. So mm. in terms of team structure, it's a lot more is picking out. Eventually, you can get this best 22, but you don't have to start with them all to start because you can work your way up, do a bit of moving and mm-hmm. shaking. With the, You've got yourself two trades over 23 weeks. You've got yourself 46 weave, trades weave your way there. to get yourself there. So in terms of your structure and who you're starting with, we won't go into too much about that today because that's where I do need to finish my profiles, work out, okay, how many people are there who are must-haves, you should have them given this is the price, and then work out how many guns premiums, mid-prices, rookies yeah. you should have in your field. But today is more – this is what I think it's going to sit at. Whether you start with them or not, I don't think it's as important as it was before, but these are the ones who I think are going to do well. Okay. And I'm also going to go out and probably say what I think they're going to average or what sort of range I think they're going to average. So hopefully this will be a learning because a lot about what we do here at Maria's Magic, not so much this is the player, you need to pick him. It's a lot about this is what works in the past, this is what yeah. I've done, this is my sort of strategy, philosophy – and try to impart a little bit of wisdom so then these people who they can help sharpen the intuition is mm-hmm. kind of what we we use. So you can use some of these techniques which I use to help project a player's score and what they're going to score into some other players as well. So And how, what was the top ten ratio last year again? There were seven of them. Seven in the top ten. Seven in the top ten. Seven Winner runner the top up. Ten. Righto, mate. So what do you got for us? So where, where, where are we starting? What so we'll we start in the defence, which okay. actually is the thinnest of all lines. So we, as I said, we're not going to get into team structure, how are you going to build your side? But if there's anyone where you'd probably fill them in with more rookies than premiums is this one because mm-hmm. I've got no conviction in the ones at the lower end of it. But in terms of defence, I feel interesting picking Aaron Hall over your Whitfields and your Lloyds, given the name and the, the man who two years ago wasn't even considered. He might have not have played a game He again. played four good games at the Gold Coast. Remember he came into like one of the Brownlow opportunities yes, early. and then after three rounds. Then no one saw him again for years. But then yeah, last year, bang, back on the so horse. So I've got him on top. He had two games last year, one where he got a concussion early on, I think he was on 20-odd, and one where he started the game as the sub, which shows how far back in the pecking order he was. Yeah. To, to then finish the season averaging 109, but obviously his first half of the season he averaged 99. Yeah. Which consider those two early struggles. By the second mm. half, he's up in this role of the halfback flank, damaging, doing well. They won the ball in his hands, averaged 117. Last five games of the year, averaged 124. Yep. So his kickouts, they obviously, Savia, remember we used to bag Zeeble because he used to take the kickouts. Yeah, kick kick the pocket, before you know it, you're hemmed in, in the goal square with a man on the mark in the goal square. So Hall was only taking 29% first half year, second half year, last five, he took 51%. Mm-hmm. So that was a clear role change, ball in his hand. He's putting up 124s before. so And he's a hungry hippo. He loves the pill. Loves the pill in his hand. What's he going to score? I think he's definitely going to outperform what he did last year because considering he had those two duds to start. And North Melbourne weren't, as bad as they were, they weren't, it sounds so silly coming from the tech, but like they weren't absolutely diabolically terrible. No, nah, and they'll be better again. Yeah. So I've got him, well, he's got 109 last year. So the way I project my players, I think, what's the worst case scenario? What are they going to score? If everything goes right, what's the best case scenario? What are they going to score? And then the way I then rank him is an in-between between the middle and quite often that then plays out. So mm-hmm. I think he'll do better than what he did last year given that he had that poor start to the year with Slow those start. implications. Yeah. So 110's kind of like his baseline, which is just about just above what his price at. So if you think he's only going to score 110, he's probably not worth starting with. Yeah. But there's no reason why he's not going to score around the 120 mark, which he well, did 117 in the second half year, 124 last five. So I've got about 119 in between there. So 
that spits out, say, a 114-115 is where I've got him, and that yeah. currently ranks him as the top defender. In he goes, Aaron Hall. And the, the drafting that North Melbourne have done is mostly around their really high draft picks yeah, last year. midfielders. Eh? midfielders. So yeah. they haven't picked up a, a, I won't say, a, a cheap back pocket. They're, they're none of that. They haven't done that. So his role won't change. Second, this man, Lockie Whitfield, who it's surprising. You look at him. He's had 190s in the past. He's had some monster scores. His best average through his career is only 107 and because a lot of the, he seems to get concussed a lot, injured a lot, sad so last Pink year, does a shoulder or something and then you can see he's wounded. So he's coming off a 95 because he did cop the concussion mm. last year and there's two years in a row I think he's gone 70 well, games. Well, he had a shot of goal games. or he was about to have yeah, a shot of goal. and he ended up yeah. kicking that goal. And then, and not then so, did, not, didn't see him to pull. Yeah. Just was down, the, I think it was down in Ballarat. Yeah, it was windy or blowy yeah, and windy cold. Versus the dogs, yeah, windy You know exactly the way. yeah. I said you watch every game of footy. So he had a poor start because windy game down there doesn't suit those outside nah. players of him. People were sitting there thinking, shit, shit, why have we got Whitfield? He's done nothing. Yeah. Takes a mark, kicks a goal, and they're thinking, we're back, we're back. Gord, didn't yeah. see him again. I might day. have had an interest on him that day, I reckon. Yeah, you might have. That's why you got So <laughs> that was a 28. It. So get rid of that 28, yeah. and then his average becomes 100. So that's already five points underpriced. Mm-hmm. Surely he's, well, he's 27, should be his prime. He had that liver issue at the start of last year, missed That's a right. big chunk of pre-season. pre-season. So in terms of his worst-case scenario, I think he's he's not going to do worse than last year's 95, so I think he'll be about a 100 worst-case. And he could – the way he plays, he looks a 110 to 115 types to say 130. What, what did you do the last five games? Have you got that there? Yeah, his last five games last year was 94, which again wasn't brilliant. His kick-outs – Took a kick up though. He got forty four percent compared to eighteen percent for the year. Yeah. Um, so oh, I just think he's their best player. Yeah. And there's no other way to. Get, he's, he's their best player. And I reckon there was a passages of play where in their game plan, and I was watching GWS closely. Uh, look, uh, Whitfield would kick it to Usel twenty five meters away, and then run past for the handball, yeah. and they never gave it. And I can't for the life of me work out why they weren't giving those handballs. Because he's part, the best kicker in the team. Part of the game. But also, Clarko talks about, for example, I don't like about Clarko, but it's an 80 metre. He takes the 20 there. Zones only sit 80 metres away. Maximum eight. You're going over the zone. And then it's a free-for-all. Yeah. I, I could pivot, not work pivot, out. Pivot handball. Could not work mark. why they weren't giving that handball to Whitfield. And it, it's, I would have seen it 15 times last year. So hopefully that they've wised up to go, maybe quick play is good enough and Lockie Whitfield's the best kick in the competition nearly. Yep, and I know I'm not talking about who you should start, who shouldn't start, but given his price at 95, I think that's his absolute minimum, maybe 100, could push yeah. a 110, 115. He's, he's the one who I think is a nice selection down back. Jake Lloyd, I've got him coming third. He actually had a bit of a down year last year. So he came off a 114 adjusted average in 2020, down to 98 last year. That's largely on the back of the first half of the year. He used to be, stop Sydney's playing. Mm. Oh, there's a behind. Who's going to kick it out? Oh, it's Lloyd. Runs out, kicks Mate, the Lloyd, ball, Lloyd, Lloyd runs quicker going back to the Gatorade bag than he does banding up. Well, he someone loves beat it. him last year, which Jordan was Jordan Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. So I think with the man the mark moving back, they thought, okay, rather than a little Lloyd chip, we mm. can... Go give it a whack. To play yeah. him, give it a whack with Dawson. Clear role change second half of the year where Lloyd then took 70%. Dawson moved himself up to the wing. And that was beneficial for Lloyd. So his last, although he averaged 98 for the season, he averaged 103 in his second half of the season. Sorry, in the last five games of last year, which when he peaked his kickouts. No more Jordan Dawson this well, year. Gone, yeah. So you think that's 75 That's still one of the continue. most unusual. Like That was his breakout year and then gone. We'll get on to him. So he's. Yeah. We'll get on to him soon. So basically, I'm going. I'm going to pick my. It's just hard yep. to do. I feel for old Roy with his rolling. 
Going to pick the 22 in each position. I've had to narrow it down. You like it when I narrow it down to one because you're kind of sitting on the fence too yeah, much. Yeah, get off the fence. I've picked one player who I just want to give a couple of comments about why he's in, why okay. he's not in. So that's on the fence. No, because I could have picked two or three, <laughs> okay. but there's, wait okay. until you get to the midfield. You've just got, got one fence player. Well, right one fence to sit on. So Lloyd, I'm thinking he can't do worse than last year's 98, given that nah. he finished the year with a 103. So I'm thinking he'll, worst case, 100. He's done 114 in the past. I think the game's changed a little bit. The Swans away, they play a lot more mm. attacking and rather than the chip, chip, chip. These young kids out far wing yeah. the way they go. So maybe 110 and could fin- finish him around that 105 mark, maybe 106, 107. Swans will be good. He will always be good. He could win the best and fairest again this year. No dramas there. He's third. The fourth is another one I'm confident enough about, so I'm happy to have him in, in my rolling six, is Jack Crisp. I know you're a big fan of Crisp. I love Crispy. the Crisper, yeah. Whatever he does, whether it's... Sometimes he's playing midfield, does well. Yeah. Goes down back, does well. He's one of those players who he scores the same. So in terms of his breakdown in possessions, first half he's attended 50% of the centre bounces, averaged 103. Last five games averaged 25% of the centre – oh, sorry, 16% of the yeah. centre bounces, averaged 101 and took more kick-ins. So whether he's forward – That back, was the Pendlebury – He just uh, scores. So what did I say, Scotty Pendlebury had a broken hand? Hand last year. It was, yeah, yeah, and it was unknown why he was playing off half-back. But uh, whatever it was, so the crisper went in there. And then remember the game against Adelaide or Port Adelaide. It was in, it was in South Australia – and they were getting torped a little bit, and the Crisper and Pendlebury just flicked, and it flicked the game. Pendle's back in the midfield, Crisper back off half back, and away they went. They turned out of that go home five. Yeah, when it was Yo, remember back in Brisbane when the five of them wanted to go uh, home? Pollock, Yo, uh, Billy Longer, yeah, Billy. I'm pretty sure Chris. If Chris was, yeah, Chris was Chris, well, Chris, Chris was as good it. as any of them. He, he's a really good player, and I think he's. He's just so consistent. So in terms of picking him, I think it's going to be hard to see him change what he did last year was 102, but he's just going to, in terms of draft or whatever, I still have him scoring around that 102 mark again because he's, yep. he's just a consistent goer. You know I like him. I approve of that one. So. Then it gets a bit interesting because obviously last year all those the gun defenders we had, whether it was a Mills or a Laird, are now no longer eligible as defenders. So we're looking at Tom Stewart, who I think is good enough. to. He's been scoring 90... 93, 96, 97, his last three years. That's kind of about where he is. Yeah. Bit of a hiccup last year when old uh, Scotty had him playing as a – when he was on camera in that yeah, week. Yeah, it was weird, yeah, no. As a defender and a bit stubborn old Scotty and didn't want to change him. But, but they rave about him being the best third, fourth defender who can drop yeah. off. And then before you know it, he's sitting at full back and played on Charlie Cameron. Uh, and just not the matchup. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a defender, but he's a good defender when he doesn't have to. He's a really good reader of the football. Yeah, so he peaked in hit uh, kickouts towards the back end of the year, the last five, 48% of them. He scored the best during that time. He's one of those players where he's not going to score consistently throughout the game. He's one who, the way um, Geelong played that chip mark game, yeah. he might be on 14 with five minutes to go in the first, and then it's chip, 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 mm. chip, chip, and he, you look at the score. Three marks, three kicks, odds, and so. away he goes. I think he's going to be around that same mark, 97. On that, that's enough to get this pretty skinny batch of defenders to be in the top six. I'm just wary of Geelong. That's all I'd say. I'm just wary of Geelong. I know. I know they. What happened in that prelim last year? Like that's damage. Yeah. I just worry about the cats. But sometimes as a defender, damage could be okay. Oh, I, I know. I just cats. worry about one of those years where they go, "What the bloody hell just happened to every single player at Geelong?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing. I'm not. Not throwing it out, but uh, they're very old. Final player I've got in this six, and this is why I'm starting to get a bit hesitant about this six and why I think it's so thin, 
because there's a player who a lot of people started with last year and he's, it was a bit of a letdown. So it's Jaden Short. Yes. So he... What did he score in the preseason? So he came off a 92 and he won the Jack Dyer medal yeah. in the premiership year. Beat Dusty. Confidence high as ever. Yeah. New kick-in rule. He was taking the kick-ins preseason. Got a 170. That's right. Buck 70. And the big thing I used to say is all his numbers measured up with the top six defenders, kicks, his tackles, whatever he did, except for his marks were a little bit low compared mm. to, say, Jake. Because he could but be a Jake just, But just the way Richmond play. Yeah, I They're think they success. just get it and yeah, move it they, they, don't want it they don't want to waste time chipping around. So this preseason game, I said he needs to move his marks up from, say, a four to seven or eight. Mm. I think he got 12 in that preseason game. Got the 170, and then that was almost enough for me to say, if I was playing, he probably would have been in mind. Might for the Brownlow. You didn't no, have I didn't for really. the Brownlow. <laughs> anyway, he, he just went back, averaged four marks a game and did yeah. what he did the year before and averaged 93. And so. he, he had cold patches too. I reckon he was quiet for a month and then he'd pop up and have a good day. And yeah. It, it, it was an emotional... I'd, I had him through That'd the whole... Yours. So he finished the season with 97, second half of the year, and I think that's more of a representation of what we might get out of him. And dusty in the, dusty in the midfield too. Richmond might have a bit of spark about where they take the game on a little yeah. bit more. And oh, this is like, where, when you're looking at it, these are the players you're not probably going to start your fancy side with, maybe with those top couple, particularly with your Whitfields who are, and Lloyd who are coming in under price. But the rest of them, this is where I'd be putting in a lot of the rookies. But again, I'll, I'll know a lot more about structure and that will go through the season guide where we'll look at what players you should be having in there and then how that's going to balance and up. Talking about this, I'm starting to get really excited for footy, so... Back, I'm mate. starting to get really excited. For it footy. also helps when the cricket gets it's rained out. Yeah. It's like, okay, because last time we did this podcast was when Mitch Marsh was flying. Yeah. Big Bash was on. You're like, I we don't couldn't care find about a bottle top opener. It was a struggle. So then the one which I've got yeah. missing out, which will be could go either way, is Jordan Dawson. So yeah. new club, you're right. So gee, there's a lot of halfbacks there. Yeah, there is a lot of halfbacks, and you almost want that because you don't want him to play halfback flank. So. I did the made the tweet during the week that there's different ways. Fantasy's all about getting the player who's going to take the game to the next level. You mm. can either do that through a new role change, finally playing midfield from half forward, or natural progression, so getting a bit mid? older. You, like Clayton Oliver's getting better. Three of the last four years, the winner has started with a player who's changed club, a better role, and continued. So Tom Mitchell, I had in 2017, went yeah. from a 106, not to playing off, much game time, head, 130, yeah. 127. Devin Smith, it was in 2018, was a small half forward injured, played one inside, one mid tackle guard, 107. Well. 2020, I had Greenwood in my side. He went from a 78 low game time half forward to inside mid at Gold Coast, 97, helped win the car. Yeah. And last year, Ashley had and a lot of good teams up the top, had uh, Nick Hind, who went from 43 yeah. to 85 with this new role. The thing with Dawson, you almost don't want him to have a new role because the way he finished last year where we mentioned with Lloyd with his kickouts. But dropped dramatically second mm. half of the season when he pushed up to the wing. So we started keeping hot dogs as well. Average over 100. So I'm thinking you want him on a wing. Seedsman's at the wing there. So he's the question mark. I'm not sure where he's going to play. They're going to play him on a wing. Are they going to play him half-back flank where I don't think he's the value he kind What's of appears M- to be? Malira. Yeah, he's back too. Yeah. Where I wouldn't be surprised. They signed him to five years. Malira, they love him. He's a good player. He just can't get on the park. Dawson, he... There's chats... Not sure if he's going to come to fruition, but that he's going to potentially be an inside midfielder. Oh, you lose. But I've seen kid. Adelaide do that. So, but why would you? You've got um, Laird. Laird uh, you've got Keys. Keys. Crouch coming back. Sloan running through. But they're sure, all very sure, but similar. They're, but there's surely some kids too. They've drafted somewhere that's going to oh, play. They don't really draft inside mids. They've got another. Anyway, but my yeah. point with what they're trying to do there, they know that they've got inside mids one paced. 
they're trying to get a bit more penetration there. So you tried Brody Smith inside a couple of years ago. Remember yeah. that? And then that yeah, failed. He fired. went back half back flank. Seedsman had a few CBAs last year. I love year. the seed. He's then oh. pushed back to the wing. So he could potentially be using that role in the way that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. So he's just a watch. I okay. think if, if he gets a right role, he Asterix can next to Jordan Dawson. Overtakes uh, short and potentially make the six. But that's the six. I'm not as confident with them as we are with a few of these other positions. Right, I sell the men's department's been uh, done and dusted. Now the midfield. Midfield. So last year was highlight, but we called them the big three last pod with yeah. Steele, Miller, and Lyons, yeah. who, who made the three. What you find is a bit like the premiership team from the year before. The best 22 from last year is never the same best 22 from the I, year I don't before. think there ever has been a, a premiership nah. grand final team to ever play another game together. Nah, and in terms of Melbourne... No one got traded, no one got delisted who played there. So yeah. they're saying that they're the one chance who could play all together again, which is it's a wild stat. That's Swampy's done dished that one up too before. No, hang on. Was that a Xavier Ellis stat? Hang on. No, no, no I, I, I remember we used to speak about it and loyalty and all that sort of stuff, yeah. So with the uh, with that, so you, you see, and this is where I think we can get a bit of an edge or you can get a bit of an edge on because I remember last year after Lockie Neal had that massive year, every single draft guide you would have read had Lockie Neal M1. Yeah even though for he's been the comp for 10 years and it's the first time he's ever punched over 110 and all of a sudden people think, oh, that's him, 120. Mm-hmm. Even shorter quarters play these big game times. So certainly don't look at last year's as gospel. You still use your intuition and to think, okay, who do I think is going to score the best? So I've got Tom Mitchell getting back on the top of the mountain. I, I see you nodding because I know that you've got a little small interest in, <laughs> in Titch. And so he... Go back 2017, 2018, 127, 128, where he was unstoppable. It was like, there's Tom Mitchell, then daylight to yeah. who else is going to compete. And what about when you you saw him playing and getting 40, 50 touches and they go, oh, he's not he's not a taggable player. You just lick your lips at those comments, don't you? And they're the perfect fantasy players. <laughs> so it just hurt when I didn't own him for those first four rounds. He's getting his 50 touches. But yeah. Did his knee, broke, oh, broke, broke his broke leg, his leg yeah. pre-season, missed that whole full, full season to start. 2020 had his complication well, had a shoulder injury, had a bit of surgery. But a nothing season, really, when you yeah, think about it. Yeah, off-season shoulder surgery there, came back, limited pre-season last year. First half of the year, averaged 105, sort mm. of through the motions, didn't have the tackle numbers. Second half of the year, 126, looked back to his best. So, obviously, that's that's Mitchell, I think. 127, 128, 2017, 2018, finished the year at 126, second half of the year, and I think that's kind of what we can... Expecting mm. a dish up this year. Only I didn't like is he spends comes off the half forward flank a little bit. Him, Warpool, and maybe O'Meara do a bit of a rotation off half forward. I, I don't see any of them as being able to play half forward. Okay. Um, I, and I don't know what Mitch will do this year, but uh, just be wary if he's if he's playing more time forward. That's Sam Mitchell, you mean? And maybe Mitchell, we can look Mitchell, after a few yeah. of our, our members that you uh, might click old Sammy Mitchell a message pre round one just to see what the rotate because Warpool is a name which who was used outside of the middle last year and, and had an absolute shocker. He needs yeah. to be in there, but they're all a bit too similar, Mitchell, Yomira and But then Warple. before you know it, it's Warple's opportunity being A grade are gone, and yeah. then he's skipped by the next person coming through. So Mitchell I've got on top. Steele I've still got yeah, having a really good himself, year. He, he uh, what all year, 121 he's had over the season, finished the year one, uh, 134, second half of the year, 132, last five. So he just really started ramping it up. And he's one of those players where he led the comp for tackles. Yeah. And when you're going to get eight tackles a game or wherever he gets, it's it's a difference between if you have a bit of an average game, get your 22 touches, might get a tag, you can score 100. If you don't get the tag, you can punch out a 150 or 162. He, he had a couple of times. And the, the way he goes about it, he's, he's a man you just look at and you, 
I'm pretty confident he's going to be around that 120 mark again. Yep, speak for himself. Took Miller's the one I've got third. Took, took. I think between him and Steele, so Steele, a lot of what I look at, what they did in juniors, what they've done in VFL or NEFL level in terms mm. of Steele, he was a NEFL pig, uh, racked him up, points per minute his whole career has been high. Whereas Took Miller was never a high draft pick. What He went pick 29, I think. His point, he, he's younger than what you think. Uh, yeah, 26. Two, is he? Well, he was 20, 25 last year. That's crazy. So the year before 2020, he was he went 101, but second half he averaged like 95 less CBA. Yeah. His year before that, 91. Year before the 86. So he's kind of been around that level without huge CBAs. I had Rao coming in, Anderson, new breed. I was thinking, okay, well that's Miller's had his chance in there. He might move back to a halfback flank. Mm. Comes out and somehow, not somehow. When you watch him, you know he was incredible. 122. So obviously he just. Pure work ethic, hardest trainer at the club. Everyone you speak to says how hard he trains. Yeah. So obviously that just replicates. There's no way I can capture that in terms of my projections, how hard are they doing their pre-season. But the way, what he showed last year in 126 in his second half of the year, I can't see him not being over 120 next year. I think his gravy uh, train lasts for 12 more months before then they start to... Cause it took Miller, and I, and I don't say it to play down his games because he's a tremendous footballer, but... For Gold Coast to win a premiership, Tuke Miller can't be your best midfielder, if that makes sense. Yep. Matt Rao probably would need to be. Not and, to mention when they do, which is probably going to be, say, best case, three or four years away, Tuke's all of a sudden 29, 30. And yeah. So I think, I think next year he's hit to every time. He does what he wants. That, yeah, midfielder. but that might be why he's below Steele and Mitchell. So he's gone from the top scoring player last year, most expensive. I've got him at three if I was drafting. Mm-hmm. And today, and obviously this change, and part of the season guide and the beauty of it being a web application at the moment, I'll be updating projections and comments and where I see them thing all the way through the preseason. So this is the best 22 now as per Wednesday at or afternoon Perth time. We'll Wednesday be, um, the 5th of January. I'll be tweaking these all through the preseason yeah. if, if you're part of the season guide and, and you'll get my up-to-date ones and the, and the draft guide just before the season kicks off. Number four, Jack McRae, who's a bit of an enigma because you look at his history, 123, 116, 112, 116 in the last four years. But it's been years of two halves for most of them, whether it yeah. sits out on the wing for a bit and goes 105 then punches out a big one. Last year was the opposite. He went 123 star of the year when he's getting big CBAs. Had that record, most possessions yeah. over 30, most over 30 possession games. Yeah. Tapered off at the back half of the year with 108, but he's he's got it in him and he's as good as any of those other ones in terms yeah. of racking up the field and racking up fans. I reckon points. he got sore. I reckon he got sore too, uh, Jack McRae. <laughs> Even looking at the grand final, he got smashed about five times the first quarter. Yeah. I reckon he got a little bit sore. I reckon Trelaw comes in. And you, when you sometimes think, oh, they're adding another good player that they might take away from each other, I, I just think that ball flings around more and more and more. So yeah, well, we I, saw yeah. that with the Geelong Glory days with Selwood and right. Everyone got thirty. Everyone had. Everyone got got. Uh, so McRae, I think he's capable of the one twenty two. So they're you're clear for me. Those guys are your complete uber premiums, and yep. I'm thinking they're going to be definitely a lock to be top eight. Yeah. Then you can throw a blanket. I know I don't, I'm not sitting on the fence today, so I'm just going to say which order I've got. I've got Clayton Oliver, who I love as a player. Yeah. Bit of a down year last year with a 109 after his 115 the year before. But in terms of the down year, I think you, Melbourne Footy Club would say he won the best and fairest. Like yeah. he defended and did everything that not a ball pig would do. And he, for me, like I look at time on ground, I look at CBAs because that's where the points are yeah. the upper grabs. 89% time on ground and 87% uh, CBA. So... 
he's around the ball. He gets the tackles. I think he could end up being have a year in him like a Jack Steele where, yep, if he doesn't get a heap of ball, he's going to tackle a lot and get himself to 100. Yeah. Gets off the leash. There's your 150s coming I haven't in. seen Clary ever play a bad game of footy, I don't think. Nah. Then we're getting down to number six here, and it's Rory Laird. Nah. Come from a defence. Bit forgotten about. Looking at his numbers, so obviously he was a accumulating halfback flanker. Yeah. Midway through la or 2020, moved to the midfield and scored really well. Helped me perform well in fantasy that year. Full first year as a full time mid last year, and he went 112, but the second half of the year averaged 118. Last five games, 119. He's still only 28. Mm. Learning the craft there. Probably he's hard to. He's tough. You know when someone's back pocket goes in there and you think, oh, he's not going to want to get. He he get he gets his hands dirty. Yeah. So in terms of what I think he's going to produce that back half of the year, I think if he can perform that for the year, that's going to be a great result. One eighteen. That's like best best result. Crouchy. There's still question marks about him early in the season, and he's a handballer too, so he, he could be. Mm. Dishing it up, but I think worst case, he's, he's so consistent. He, he's not going to do much worse than last year, so I got him as a 110. So together that spits out, say, you're um, about a 114 mark for Laird, and yeah. that's enough for me to, to put him in. in. He's in. The top eight. The other one who's had a poor year last year, Zachy Merritt. Yeah. Poor, a bit like we talked about Oliver. He's got 110. And this is a man who's gone 116, 116, 118, 107 in his last well, – amongst his last five seasons. Mm. He's just an absolute accumulator of the ball. I think we've got such high expectations of him. He's still only 26. He's such a good kick of the football. Ball gets in his hands. He's getting... The issue with him the year before, he spent a bit of time outside and he had a, a bit of a down period. He averaged, I think, 160. He tapered off at the start of the year, mm. which isn't tapered off, whatever. Started slow. When CBA's A's are there, normally he's a 115 player. He had 86% CBA's the back half of last year. Didn't get those big scores, but I can kind of see that coming in. More attention will come to Parrish. So he, with him, he got tagged twice. One by Freo Dockers, I think. Was it uh, Sarong? Sarong, Sarong went in blue. Rim. Scored a 64, and I think he had yeah. another score under 70. So get rid of those uh, two. But I'd love to know who won those games. So Essendon beat yes, Freo. beat Freo. And I'd love to know the other one, because I think at the end of the day, coaches sit there in their coaches' review meetings and go, oh, we kept merit to 20 disposals, but you didn't win the game. So... Keeping Merritt at 20 disposals might have meant, um, you know, Parrish, Parrish might have had 30. Yeah. Uh, uh, McGrath might Which have had did. 30. Before you know it, you've, you've tied up one player, but it just creates space for two others. So um, I, I can see the tagging disappearing more and yeah, more. Yeah, Par- I mentioned this last week, but the fact that Bulldogs and Melbourne were the top two teams and neither of them run a tag. Lib would find a body if you need be, and uh, yeah, that's it. Rounding it out is... Sammy Walsh, 21. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue that. He's gone his three seasons to date, 92, 97, 109. Second half year average, 110. Got a bit of attention towards the end, but seemed to One, run 110. through it. And 110, 110. <laughs> I think he's, well, he's obviously in a good trajectory, and yeah. that 110 oh, could then turn to a, what's it going to be, 114 or something. Could, like, could, could be. Sam Walsh, there's no roof on him. There's absolutely yeah. no ceiling. And he, he can't be tagged because he can't keep up. Yeah, he runs. And yeah. we saw a bit of that last year where he had a slowish start. Oh, he's getting tagged. Owners were worried. And yeah. then he'd just punch. He, he, he just puts you in a hole. So the one I don't have in that eight, I feel a bit bad and I've disrespected him for a lot of years now, is Jared Lyons. Yep. But when we're talking with these numbers, like we're saying Sammy Walsh is the eighth and he could score 114. 
or how much his line's going to score. And that's where I've got him slightly below. I, yeah. I feel Neil's going to be a lot more involved next year, given that he had a bit of in- injury interruption. And a little bit of controversy with Neil too. Yeah. Like if I start, if I told a football club, I want to come home to you, doesn't happen. And, and the footy club surely welcomes you back and embraces you, but you want to perform. You do. Yeah, so he's the one who I'm, I'm not writing off thinking he's going to be the biggest regression ever, but I wouldn't be paying for the third most expensive mid when I don't actually have him in the top eight. That's, okay. that's where I'm sitting in. Don't mind it, Salbs. Now, uh, we've done the backs, we've done the mids. Let's head to the rucks. Well, rucks haven't changed, it feels like, for about five years now. Where so it's Jared just, Witz is in there? <laughs> your boy, Witzy. Grundy gone, but it's yeah. getting closer. So quick one on Grundy. My big concern with him is his time on ground. 81% he played last year, 84% the year before in those shortened quarters. When when he was at his best, he was the best player in the comp in 2019. Mm. He was playing 90% game time. Got to 2020 when every other club said, okay, well, 16-minute quarters, let's leave our ruckman on the field for yeah. 90%. They don't need two rests, just give them one small rest in between. Max Gorn went up to 92% or 93% game time. Ruckman went up. Grundy went down to 84% and then down remember again that last fi- year Remember that final uh, where yeah. Cameron started in the ruck Cameron, in the last quarter? A do-or-die final, yeah. So what the excuses in the that 2020 season was he didn't enjoy the hub and he's like a, he's a man who likes getting away from he is, things. He whatever. is a, um, a thoughtful person. Yeah. But then last year he was back home. So at down here, I'm, but his, time, sorry, his points per minute last year were still as... Good as he was when he was yeah. in his glory. So he day, was on. So. He was on absolute fire one game. And remember he had that neck thing. Yeah, where there was right. a mark on the wing at the G, and someone crunched down on his neck. He, yeah. he was on Missed fire game. that game, and then came off. And he that has Monix had a little game. bit of. He has had a little bit of bad luck. That might explain the eighty-one percent. So he was. He led the all ruckman for points per minute. New coach. I'm hoping mm. he's going to be slightly more different rotation system, which Bucks was running. And if he gets back up to say eighty-eight. 89% game time. I've got him as a clear number one ruck in fantasy. Okay, don't mind it. Number two, Maxi Gorn, who was the number one man last year. Average 109, which was down from his 124 the season before, and that's largely on the back of he, he used to take all the yeah the rucks. I think the year before he took 94% CBAs. Last year was 75% because Lukey Jackson was getting a bit of a taste. It'll be less this year again coming, I reckon. Yeah, so you said mm. all last year, yep, it's all happening. Let Jackson take it, but when it comes serious business, yeah, watch Maxi go back, take it all. Come grand final time, old Jackson, that was a bit of a turning point when he's in there doing. The yeah, it was, but don't don't forget what Maxi did in the prelim. Up forward, no, but he still yeah. kicked goals out of the midfield. Yeah, Remember yeah, that yeah. one where? He, oh, he's a star. Yeah. No one's saying he's not a star, but I'm thinking they've come off the premiership. They want to have him well, cherry right. Think about what they say with, and we'll go to a different code. So once you've won a flag, you realise you're obviously good enough to win premierships. So LeBron James, for example, you know they always talk about minutes and how many minutes is he playing and KD, how many minutes are they playing? They need a rest. Melbourne have an ideal backup, yeah. a kid that needs time as well. And that's the only thing I'd – if Melbourne are blowing teams out, to use a, um, a basketball term, I can see Gorn playing 50% forward. Yeah, so he's one who I'm a bit cautious on. Yeah, for no other reason than – You know LeBron pick, right yeah. now, he's – we don't, all by metrics, when they get over 30, then they go down. With, yeah. Right now, the number one he's ranked 53. man in NBA fantasy <laughs> is LeBron. So he defies all that logic. But, but you know what I'm saying? In terms yeah, of he's, he's the one I'm, I'm sceptical on, whereas the one waiting in the wings who had that great second half of the year, Sean Darcy, who I wouldn't be surprised, puts his hand up to, to join those two up top. Yeah, I agree It's that. all his team. So he's, he's the one knocking on the door, but I'm still at the moment standing. Gorn Grundy, Gorn the one I'm a little bit more suspect yeah. about than, than Grundy. Love it, mate. So there's the two rucks. Nothing's changed in a bloody long time. 
Forward line, uh, you, you know what I say, drive for dope, putt for show, whatever it is, the forwards, mate, the Larry mob. Tell us about it. The Larry mob. So we mentioned last week we've, we've been blessed with a few players who have had huge scores in the past as midfielders. Yeah. And the way things work, the way the champion data run their positions and AFL fancy, we've dealt with some, some pretty impressive bunch. Well, as I was saying last in. year, uh, last week with the podcast we did, in terms of champion data, look at where the player starts, but it's a strategy that – a lot of the time, the player that's getting tagged or the player that they want to get out of the space starts on a half forward, runs straight in the midfield, and midfield goes half forward, and there's a swap within yeah. a minute, but they've been listed as half forwards. Especially the 666. So the man I've got on top, which all of these guys come with risk. So that's the difference. The backmen, I think they're thin. These guys, they're not thin. You look at them, they think these guys, this person could be a selection if they're eligible in the midfield, okay. let alone forward. So Mitch Duncan I've got up top. I love Mitch Duncan. He said he 115 to 115. That's like no, it's, one. A, it's all right. I don't mind it. <laughs> oh, oh, we, we call it 115 to you. 115 in the past, always a consistent 100. You know I love inside mids, get CBAs, get their tackle numbers, push their score up. He doesn't get many CBAs. He does get a few, but the way Geelong play that kick mark. Shitload of marks. He can get some huge ones. And last year he had those couple of injuries which play into his score. So I think he had an eight at one point last year. So get rid of that. He's a 111. Yeah. The concern is that he had this calf issue, soft, soft tissue injuries last year, played the 10 games. He's now over 30. Does that mean get to be more? But if you told me that you've got Mitch Duncan eligible in the forward line, he's priced at 100. I think he can go, worst case, 105, 106 if, if healthy. It, it is funny because he's one of the very few for you that where you go, you're happy not to take CBAs because you know he's at Geelong. Yeah. And you know he's going to be in that back pocket getting switches and then out in the wing switches and then one-twos and... Uh, Mitch Duncan, uh, yeah. So I've got him number one. Tim Taranto number two, and he's, by whatever the circumstance ends up being mm. with Tim Taranto, he's either going to be by far the number one or could even struggle to, to make be in the, six. the top six yeah. because he's a superstar fantasy player in terms of he's got the right role, playing inside mid, tackles hard, gets kicks, pops up, gets those little marks. He's done a 111 in the past. Last year, first half of the season, 115. And I never reckon in the first half of the year he was having a big year for him. Like He was playing well, but it wasn't... Yeah, especially early on. He yeah, spent what, a bit what, of time Yeah, forward. but he wasn't... You know, it wasn't big games. It was just plodding along. Hence his forward eligibility. So, went down, did a few of the numbers. I did tweet this one out. So, for the season, he averaged 108 between that 115 and 100. 108 for the season on an average of 49 centre bounce attendances. When he was over 49% 40 centre bounces, so when he spent more time in the midfield, Mid, yeah. there was 10 games, so pretty much half the year, he averaged 88. Sorry, either way, when less than 50%. Yeah, as a forward. Average 88. 88 yeah. When in that Toby Green role, which Leon mentioned he played in. And, and in that, there was a, a whopper too. So imagine if you remove yeah, that. Yeah, those goals. Imagine if you remove that game out of it as well. Whereas when he played more than 49%, which was the 13 games, he averaged 115. So we're sitting at a player who... We know that if he gets the right role, he, he's going to score 115. Yeah. He's available as a forward price at 108. He could easily be the number one forward. But Toby Green out the first five weeks of the year. They've got Ward plays his best footy inside. Tom Green plays mm. his best footy inside. And my Hopper, man's a breakout this year. Don't forget breakout your Hopper. Your boy Hopper yeah. plays his best footy inside. Who knows what's going to happen with Cornelio. Kelly, we know, plays his best footy inside. We saw that last year. Mm. The one man who can and shown his kick goals back there, particularly the first five games of the year, it's going to be 
Hard to see how he goes. And this is where the game has changed. A fancy game I mentioned at the start where it used to be, okay, well, this guy's going to be a top player in their position. Start with him regardless. Yeah. And I put that tweet out. And you can tell the people who have bought into the new age fantasy, which is you don't have to pick the most expensive and best scorers yeah. and fill your team. You want to pick someone who's well-priced. And lots of people said, yep, agree with you. There's so much competition for spots. But then you're getting some people who say, mate, stop, stop with trying to confuse everyone. He's going to be a top six forward, so I'm going to start with him regardless. Whereas if you don't yeah. think he's going to score up to that price the first five weeks, then you shouldn't be starting with Timmy Taranto. And the thing about Melbourne, and we just spoke about Max Gorn, and Melbourne have got the ability to play tricks a little bit because you know they're going to make finals. You know they're going to be a good team. GWS, uh, there's a coach who has got his ass on the chopping block. They're not playing tricks this year. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be Josh Kelly off half forward. It's not going to be you know Taranto at full forward if it doesn't need to be. Like... They need to win for him to keep his job, essentially. Oh yeah. So th- it sounds like he's. It sounds like Leon's really turned, gone good at the moment. But John, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean like he knows that? So that Melbourne can play tricks. Petrarca can play three yeah. games at full forward, and if they, they'll probably still win those games. But Giants need to win. So that if it's not working, it's not working. They'll change it straight away. So this is the one they said. Look, Torino's a lock. No matter what spin you put on it, he's going to be a top three forward. Well, I've got him as a second forward. He's number two to Duncan. Yeah. But I'm still not saying he's a lock because I think first five weeks, if you, going off those numbers, if he does spend time forward, he's If not he purely plays forward, he's, he's not. No, I agree. Number three, another one hard to get a read on because he could be the best fantasy player in the comp and he could ruin your season. Josh Dunkley, who last Ooh. year won 16 first half of the year, attending CBA, is doing everything right, gets injured, comes back, averages 63 this, the second half of the year. You, you know what my thoughts are? So have you got his season averages in front of you? Yeah. What are they over the last four years or three years? 2021, 92, yeah. working backwards. 97, 110, 96. So which one's the one out of the box? It's not, there's, there's not a consistent year. The, the consistency is the lower ones. Yeah, mid-90s, but with those, so like last year's 92, there was a 116 in a first half of the year. In his 97, there was a 110 yeah. second half of the year. Like he's, he's very much oh, in I, the I, I know, I know, I know that, but I'm just – now. there's four years there where he's had one spike year over a full season. Yeah. Yeah, it's more, yeah, points per minute. So that's why oh, I get your points risk. per minute. I get it. I just don't know whether – I seem to be – he had that year where he was tremendous – Started last year, but a lot of people were left with him scoring 60s at the end last year. Oh, so many. Yeah. So many. So then I go, well, we, we, what is he? Is he the 110 or is he the 90? Yeah, and you think he's going to be the 90, which is every chance. Yeah. And that's why I've got him four. Yeah. But he, Sorry, he ends up being number three, not yeah. top. Because if I knew that he's going to play inside mid, 75%. Trelaw missed a big patch last year. Yeah. yeah. You're going to, they bat deep. So that's they the, bat so so the deep. two teams who bat the, the deepest... Uh, um, GWS yeah. and Bulldogs in their midfield group and that's why when you're st- toying up with them starting options it's, and I hope Dunkley goes well he, he's a he's a ripper by the sounds of it I just started only 25 works hard yeah but wanted to trade does work does word he wanted to trade again yeah but oh. what's the old day I reckon five minutes ago he said wanted to trade that means good he's going to come out to prove him but yeah that was last year <laughs> anyway number four a favourite of ours on the podcast because he caught our eye in 2020 Jed Anderson who's oh, been Jed. given forward status points so per minute point per minute beast I think he was he was number one in the whole comp points per minute 2020 yep came out last year I think first game of the year he played 127 highest point per minute in the comp well, like, huge this guy can just we score. look like geniuses I'm pretty sure you drafted him yeah, as well you. 
Injured second game, missed a heap of the chunk of the season, came back towards the end, and and that's why he's got forward status because he sat the whole time forward. Well, his role he, wasn't there, was return. it? When he did return, it wasn't there. And averaged 74 on the, on the back half. So he's one who I think can score really well. I think there's a time there last year if I thought he had to play the full season in the midfield, I mm. thought, okay, he could be a 1-5, 1-10 type midfielder. I just think they've got – they're getting deeper. They're starting to give games. We mentioned last week, Powell – Cunning, Cunnington, Cunning Touchwood, yeah. rooting for him, obviously. But uh, God knows when he'll return. If he does return, uh, hopefully he does. I absolutely love him. But I, I think they sit there going, we've got one that we've had stashed away for 12 months. So you're going to let him go? Yep. Simkin? Yep. Well, because he's tough too. Yeah. And no, need, I love him. No, but, no, but, like, you, no but you need someone tough. Well, you've got kids in there, so you need tough people in there around you. Yeah, so I've got him looking over 100. Yeah. Best case, worst case. So he he's comfortably sitting there as number four forward for me. Number five, Dugowie. Who knows what's going to happen, but assuming he does come back and he plays, we finished last year, second half of the season, 110. Mm-hmm. Big CBAs. There's no question that if he gets that role, the issue is now is that, one, he's been stood down by Pies. So God, God knows what he's him. playing. Even yeah. if he does play, he's missed this big chunk of preseason. Who knows? He's going to be behind the eight ball, so... Otherwise, he might have even been high. But Pendles did speak about him just playing more forward too. Okay, well, that's not great. Number six, Trelaw, who's probably a bit lower than a lot of other people. Haven't we mentioned last week that you're big on Trelaw? I love, I've loved Trelaw for years and years and I years. I just think yeah. those soft tissues have kind of... Well, you keep texting me because you know that I might have an investment on him yeah, for disposal. Saying, mate, and you always text me saying, look, back look how tight those hamstrings look. He doesn't <laughs> spread and get those nice marks. So he's, he's yeah. done 112 in the past. 108, 112 twice. So, or 1012 is we're going to keep on brand what we've been doing all, all day. CBA, second half of last year, 20% CBAs. They're deep in there. I think it's going to be an interesting starting selection. Price at 87. You know, he's done 112 in the past. I think you can put a line through that. And what he did in 2020, which is about a 104, mm-hmm. that's about the mark you're going to hope he gets. And if, if he does get that, 2020, he's going to- though, he had, he had a game where he was on fire and had like 20 disposals in a quarter and a half. And then. Ping the hamstring or something happened. Yeah, so, so, so I think he's still yeah. going to prove to be a, a good pick at price eighty seven. Someone who could score a hundred in the, in the forward line. I just mm. don't think he's going to be a great pick, which would be the one twelve. And, so, and I would say off the back of the grand final, who turned that game? Obviously Bont and Trelaw. He was brilliant, but he scored. He barely scored much over a hundred. No, but he, he was. To- he was still. He was still tossing back and forth. Yeah, but he, I think, he doesn't get those little marks nah, nah. he used to get. But I think that might be a bit of a welcome to Western Bulldogs. First year in a new club. Away you go. All right. So num- that's that's my six. Assuming to go, he gets kicked out. I picked one knocking on the door out of all of them. And this one's Canelio, which is the hardest man to get a read on because he's essentially done a one eleven twice in the mm. last four years. Three years ago, he did it two, two years in a row. Then he got handed the captaincy, and since then, it's gone down. Remember the announcement when he was announced captain? At the, Heath Shaw at yeah. a dinner. It was huge. Is he going to come back to WA? Is he going to go to Melbourne? He just hasn't been able to get it together, has he? Nah, and the role. And, and it's a blessing and a curse because, yes, he's been bad, but that means that he's played more forward because that's been a big part of it. He's now got forward status. They just bat so deep. If, if you get told Cornelio is going to spend 70% CBAs, his price at what he's price that he did what he did in the well, past. Well, you quickly go through it. Kelly's in front of him. Hopper's in front well, of Hopper him. Hopper and Green have to play mid. That's that's the issue. And then they got like, who's going to then well, rotate? It's Kelly. Well, I don't, yeah, Kelly. Ward. Where does Ward play? Taranto. Taranto. So they're deep. Yeah. So he's a tough one to get a read on. And again, a lot of these, both Bulldogs and 
uh, GWS boys. Keep a close eye on them, but be cautious of them. And they're pre-season watches for me. Beautiful, mate. Well, there's the 22 that I'm aiming for at the Derrick Henry's. Obviously won't get anywhere near that because there was no mention of uh, Zach Jones, who will obviously fight a spot in my midfield at some stage. But... Uh, Mate, uh, that, that's done and dusted there. When can we expect the season guide? Obviously, a lot of people who listen um, buy the season guide from Starlight and the donation, all that sort of stuff. It's a fantastic. But when can we expect to get our hands on it? Yeah, still looking early Feb. And when yeah. I say early, I'm wanting well, I'm wanting 1st of Feb. 1st of Feb. Uh, it's between me punching out these profiles, 780 of them. We've just landed. So the rookie man, AFL draft expert, he's taken over 70 of them, which is Perfect handball with them to him, the new draftees. He crafts those profiles Beautiful. for them. I'm over halfway through and I'm just still chipping away at those. And then we've got a few little tools we're working on. How much time do you spend go. on them? Roughly one. I reckon these top players might be a, a 10 to 15 minute job. Yeah. But then as it gets harder, and then and you harder. go through your, yeah, your old school Zay yeah, Ellis's of 2017 sort of areas. Not 2017, 2014. Joking. Oh, hang on. So, no, they, they do take a bit of time, but there's 708. A lot of them are irrelevant. So, I've added yeah. a new filter on this year that you can untick those <laughs> relevant who are irrelevant. not relevant to football, to yeah. AFL fantasy. Sorry, because they might be guns, whether it's a Robbie Tarrant or whatever it is okay. for the team, and yeah. not relevant to fantasy, and you can get rid of them. So, rather than people having to read through 780 trying to find 30 pieces of gold, that's going to get rid of half the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, also, if you're looking for the best 22, we've got a filter for. This person's never going to be a best 22 player. Get rid of them. You can do a filter for who I think is going to be a mad chance of best 22. So we're adding a few different features on there. That so reminds me of one of our mates, a Maddie. Who? Breno. Yeah, finish it like we started it. Yeah. Take a breath of the bad side. So she comes up with some philosophy. Yeah. So a lot more is being built in. Redoing the website, trying to make yeah. as user-friendly as possible. So first of Feb, we're aiming for, hopefully by then, everyone's registered, ready to go. But in the meantime, obviously, there's the Women's AFL Fancy, which we've, we've got a podcast coming, so podcast coming, obviously, because I'm I, I get that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but and let's not hide one. It, it, it's not we don't sit on the weekend and watch four games of AFLW, do we? No, but hopefully, some people who play this fantasy game will start getting to people in the pro, but, but we're not, yeah, that. we don't ignore the fact that there's a fantasy game going on and the, and the girls are it's a good brand of football, so we enjoy watching it, yeah. So, obviously, we've launched that, so I encourage you all if, if you haven't registered, takes what, 10 seconds to put a team yeah. in, click auto-field. There's less than a 1,000 as it stands. And what's the prize? Five grand cash to the winner. So you've essentially got a one in at the moment, say 780 chance I'm of hiding, winning. I'm hiding my bank card. Winning five grand, whereas I'm big on the beds, but you've got a one in 130,000 chance of winning yeah. the car. So good chance of getting help support the cause. We've got a... But you don't get anything out of it. You're doing this just to do fantasy football for people. There's no kickbacks or anything like that, I must add. No. So lots of people are asking for it, and and part of the mission we've got here at Marira's Magic is, and that's why we initially started where it was a fundraiser for Starlight. We try to create joy through fantasy Fantasy. football, whether that's through providing good tips and tools to help people with their team and help them feel the magic there, whether it's what we do with Starlight. And then this is one way where... It's something else for people to do in their summertime. Hopefully get some more eyeballs and get some more interest in AFLW, help build that product a bit. So that's live, but I am certainly don't want to bore the people who aren't interested with this. So there's a separate no. bonus podcast after this. If you are playing or if you're interested in playing, we, we meet with a, uh, a AFLW guru to get a few tips yep. on that. So feel free to, to tune in on that. And besides that, that's us for the day, Zave. Enjoy, mate. We're off to go get a, uh, a suit fitting. Suit fitted for old Jacob's wedding. So Sal- Salvies will probably be a bit bigger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe the Jacob, not the pants. 
All right, cheers, guys. Appreciate the support. Magic. Oh.